You're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and today's episode is about bringing fun into the bedroom. We are talking with Dan over at the Intimately Us app I can't wait to talk to you about today, and he's also the podcast host of Get Your Marriage On. So Wes and I were talking about this episode a little bit as we were preparing for it, and one caveat we have to make for you guys is although I'm completely technical and you know we're really making sure this episode is scientific and discoveries, I know some of you are going to be, A, I first of all want to say make sure your kids are out of earshot just because you wouldn't normally have to do that for this podcast, and then B, I want to make sure you're not saying in your head the whole time, that's what she said. (laughs) Or if you are, that you're just saying it in your head. (laughs) Because I want you to take the episode seriously. It's a really important episode and topic. And I know Wes will be saying that the whole time, but he will also be taking notes. And I hope you are too, because Dan has a lot of wisdom to share. He's a very five-ish seven, it seems. And he brings a lot of his research to the table as a technical expert who then went on to study marriage and relationships. So he's going to tell us his story. He and his awesome wife, they're a seven, nine couple. And I'm so happy that we're going to get to encourage you guys about the areas that feel uncomfortable and all the episodes we've had so far. It feels like at least when I was interviewing Dan, that he and his wife have covered all the different questions we have of how can you make sure you keep on track with each other? How can you schedule this? How can you make sure this app is private? How can you make sure you guys are communicating like everything I try to give you for freebies and all these other podcasts and places where you've been learning? This place is a place where a lot of that is consolidated. So Love to share that with you guys today in a few minutes. I also want to let you know, I hope you had a happy Halloween. Make sure you are pacing yourself on your candy exploits. And I also want to say, oddly enough, although there was shortages with a lot of food across the the globe today with ports, I know that people had plenty of Halloween candy. So how long can we live on Halloween candy? I hope a while. I hope you're doing really, really well and that your grocery stores are stocked. We're doing pretty good down here in Florida. So I'm grateful we're doing well. And uh, by this point, we've had a great Halloween. So I hope that you can say the same. And thanks to those who played our fun candy counting contest over the weekend. I also want to say I'm so grateful I got to hear the song Worth by Joel and Mariah Smallbone. I hope you had a chance to listen to our fun episode that was a special episode with Mariah this Friday where we got to really dig into her marriage. It was an episode on finding creativity in marriage, and I love that it was with one of our favorite bands for King and Country, of course, is Joel, but Mariah has her own albums, and we've enjoyed seeing her in concert with Joel in the past, and now it was so fun to interview her because she has songs that directly appeal to thinking types, and so does Joel, and also at least I know body types because Wes, he loves the music of For King and Country. And so for me to get to hear her song Worth and to see them play it together in marriage, oh my gosh, I just kept listening all day on the day it released on this past Friday. So hope you get a chance to listen to the podcast. Even more importantly, I hope you get to see that song. There's a free video on YouTube of it, or you can go to Apple or any of your places where you buy music and listen. It is a phenomenal song that goes so well together with Andy Kolber's book about really doing your deep digging work about finding your worth in God. So I am so thankful for the release of that album. And I also really enjoyed 
the song Trust. And I know I'll be listening to that some more too, because she shared how that song was born out of a place of really needing God in those dregs of despair that we hit sometimes. So it's it's wonderful to be able to reach out and up when we're in that space. And I hope that you guys will keep doing that. So thanks for being here with us as we are also on the very verge of our launch of our one-year relationship planner. The Enneagram and Marriage Glow Planner comes out next week, Monday, November 8th. I cannot wait. My assistant Jen and I are excited and grabbing our affiliates and our launch team this week. And we are just having so much fun, Elena and I, reflecting on this huge project that we've undertaken over the past months. So it's definitely been a labor of love. We've put a lot of time and thought and prayer into it. And I'm going to make sure that I give you a coupon code for buying it next week. So make sure you listen to next week's podcast so that you can grab yours as soon as it comes out and save money. So now it's time to get to our episode. Let's talk to Dan about how you guys can have the healthiest intimacy in your marriage. Dan, thank you so much for joining us on the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Well, I had so much fun on your podcast, and now we are getting to talk all things Enneagram and about your new app and about getting your marriage on. I've been sharing with our audience a little bit about you and Emily. You're the seven, nine glow. Thank you so much. And yay. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about yourself and your family and your marriage. Great. Emily and I have been married for 18 years and we have six children and uh, we met in middle school on the school bus. So that's kind of a fun story for us. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Can you tell us any more details? I love that. Let's see. I was always a shy one and she was like two or three social classes above me. So, Uh uh, you know, there's not a lot of like romance going on in middle school or high school. Although we did do a few of the, like the high school sponsored dance dates together, but it wasn't until after we each completed a few years of college university, Mm -hmm. uh, we went to separate universities, but we came home for the summer and uh, we reconnected and sparks flew and we had a very magical summer together. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I'm so glad. So then you guys have been married now 18 years. So obviously how beautiful for you to get to walk that long journey together. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And what are your kids age ranges? Oldest is 16 and our youngest is four and it alternates boy, girl, boy, girl, boy, girl. Oh my gosh. That's (laughs) awesome. Well, this kind of makes you an extra expert on your topic because you guys are, you know, I have a lot of practice. Yes. You have, and you and Emily have a beautiful family. I hope our audience is actually going to take notes and be uh, checking out your awesome Instagram and podcast, which I'll be sharing, but tell us a little bit about the seven, nine glow. We've already had a lot about that, but I asked you, is there anything you think you can just share so that seven and nine couples or anyone married to a seven or a nine can just have an added tip or two? Sure. I think one of the hallmarks of a seven is their enthusiasm. Mm, So I'm always the one that's like, let's go conquer the mountain. Let's go do this. Let's go. I, I like to be on the go and on the move. And I find everything enthusiastic. I have a lot of enthusiasm for things. Mm-hmm. Um, That's awesome. As a nine, uh, she's very happy to come along on those things. But mm-hmm. if I'm not careful, I can easily uh, trample over uh, what she like, what she thinks, and what she wants. 
So I need to be really careful to stop sometimes and make sure I'm really listening. Mm. I think uh, nines married to a seven can often feel like they're not really heard mm-hmm. or not listened to. So that's that's something that we do. And I, I try really hard to make sure we're I'm really listening. Mm. And not just with my ears, but like what's not said is important also. So, mm-hmm. uh, and we've gotten a lot better over the years and uh, we, we still we still are growing. And, um, that's one thing that's really helped us in our relationship. Mm, I love that. And I think it's probably making you as a seven grow even more because not everybody wants to be listened to like a nine. My husband likes to be listened to as a one, but it's not what really makes or breaks him. He likes better that I can make him laugh because he's stressed. But knowing I have a nine in my family, knowing what my nine listeners have told me, I'm just imagining that that seven, nine really gives you a good stretch there on being a great listener. So I love it. And I I think that's a great tip for sevens out there. Do you have any tips for nines out there? Uh, On how to love a seven? Yeah. I got lots of ideas. So uh, (laughs) first would be know that their enthusiasm for things gives them pep in their step. Like it gives them life. So going along is, is great, but even better is if you can share a little bit of that enthusiasm too. And if you're not hundred percent, if you just can't be as enthusiastic about it, be honest and open about that instead of trying to, uh, accommodate and be, be, I think nines can be over accommodating sometimes to kind of keep the peace mm-hmm. at the detriment of maybe building some resentment by giving into something they're not fully on board with. So stepping up sometimes and say, no, I really can't be all the way on board and can't share that enthusiasm with you. And that I think will help the relationship a lot better. Hmm. Yeah. Because it's helping the seven to have to do some of their own anxiety reduction or, Hey, just, you know, it's maybe they're not anxious and they're just truly happy, but it gives them the opportunity to do some stimming themselves, to take care of themselves, to relax. And it probably gives the nine space to go just decompress and say, I'll come back to you later. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. So one of the things that help kind of with that too, is like going on walks because the, the, the seven can, you know, talk, 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 and like empty his or her heart and the nine gets his or her needs filled with some exercise too. So it's, it's a really good, um, walks are great for that. Yeah. That's a wonderful reminder. And our nines love their walks. I've had several nine clients this week. Tell me that. And I'm so proud of you guys out there who are nines and getting active and sevens who are learning to share the stage. And Dan and I have to share the stage as two sevens today. (laughs) So Uh I'm mindful of that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I want to ask you because intimacy is such an important topic. Can you tell us about why this became a passion of yours to study in part of your marriage programming? Sure. A lot of it is to do with, we've had a good marriage. Uh, We both have a good Christian background. We're very active in our faith Mm. and we come from really good families. Uh, Both of our sets of parents have set, I I guess they're good role models for, for parenting and, and, uh, and they're in their marriages too. Uh, That being said, we both came into marriage with a lot of anxiety when it came to sex, because Mm. growing up, just like I think it's the generation too. Sex wasn't talked about a lot. And if it was, it was either about reproduction mm-hmm. or about the dangers of misuse of sexual 
of, of our of our sexuality very mm-hmm. little on how to build a great pleasurable sex life mm-hmm. so we inherited those things going into our marriage and although we've had a good marriage and we we had the basics i hate we could have six kids right yeah yeah but, but there's some so just after our 13th anniversary uh i had a conversation with a friend that really opened my eyes to like there's there's a lot more to sex than than what Emily and I were enjoying. It can be really pleasurable. It can be really fun. And the, I guess you could say the seven in me is like, wait, there's more to conquer here. (laughs) There's more to be had. Because up until then, just the idea of like venturing out uh, beyond my little tiny circle of understanding seems scary because I don't Google my sex questions because I don't know what I'm going to find. I don't want to, we don't watch salacious movies. Like those things aren't aligned with my values, but I mistakenly thought therefore anything to do with exploring our sexuality was evil and wrong. And my friend really helped me understand that's really not the case. So Emily and I, she was on board with it too. So we started reading books together. We started uh, listening to podcasts and found really helpful blogs that were also really Christian friendly, but also very positive when it came to sexuality. And our marriage started to really take off in a really short amount of time. And just the pleasure and connection we were enjoying was at a whole new level. And uh, it it was really inspiring to us. Like there's a lot of good to be had here. And it was almost as if we felt like God was helping us realize that, yes, absolutely. Sex is a beautiful and wonderful thing. I used to be ashamed because I have a higher sexual drive than my wife. And Mm -hmm. I thought that was a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and now I realize, no, it's, it can be a real blessing and a great way to, to really love my wife through my sexuality. Mm-hmm. And so it, it turned what was like kind of a negative and something we're really unsure of into like a really positive bonding, moving mm-hmm. thing for our relationship. Ooh, I like how you say moving things too for the seven and the nine, because that, that gift that the seven has of moving is just exactly the gift that nine needs to get moving. So that is a new way to think about it, that you were able to both connect with like, oh, there's something here we need to keep exploring. And what a nice gift that your friend was able to say, oh, of course you want to honor God. And I love that heart of yours, but don't miss out on one of the most beautiful parts about marriage. Right, right. Wow. So that really made you want to focus more on this in your practice. Yes. Uh, so my background is in software development. I'm a software developer and oh. I run a software development company. Yeah. And among other things, we build apps for all kinds of businesses. Ooh. And one of the things that, of course, being the fun loving seven that I am, I love games. Yeah. And so when we made sex a game, that yeah. really helped us connect. So I guess we took sex a lot too seriously or we took yeah. ourselves too seriously, I guess you'd say. Yeah. But when we kind of really let like the time in the bedroom just to be really fun and creative and playful, mm-hmm. that like, it's like adult play. Like awesome. you know, when we can approach kind of our sex in that way, yeah. it really helped us connect and bond and just laugh and have a good time. You can also try mm-hmm. new things. And if it doesn't work, no big deal. Cause we're just here to play. So, mm-hmm. so, uh, anyway, I thought a game that would be on an app would be fun because you could play with the lights on or lights off. You can play it on the bed or on the floor or yeah. couch or wherever you're going to have fun yeah. and it's portable and you can customize it to fit your comfort levels and all sorts of things. So that's kind of where the genesis of the idea for the app came from. Oh my 
my gosh, I did not know that. I love hearing that. And I can't believe how you started the podcast. And then which came first, the podcast or the app? The app came first, but because we were building an app, it really forced us to like learn and research and like, what is this? Like, Mm -hmm. because we didn't want to just give our limited understanding. We also want to make sure everything was fact-checked with good backed up research and what, what good experts are saying. That's mm-hmm. also in line with our values too. So yeah, it, it was kind of like a little fun research project. We did lots of beta testing ourselves. And mm-hmm. um, of course, <laughs> and yeah. um, we worked with a lot of like, like professional therapists, for instance. And um, so it's like a culmination of a lot of, a lot of our work too. So mm-hmm. it's, it's the, it's by building the app really forced us to grow and learn more about the space. And the more mm-hmm. we learn about it and share with others, the more, uh, exciting it becomes for us. And that's kind of the genesis of how Get Your Marriage On as a, as our company was born. Oh my goodness. That's amazing. So you guys, I can see, cause I see lots of marriage accounts, follow you guys. I see the quality information you put out there. You guys had such a passion for having fun, for learning. It started with your marriage and it branched out, but, um, in addition to just hearing you say that, I'm so mindful of some of that research with you because I was reading on your site that 70% of couples who don't end up staying together did cite that they had problems in this area. So is that one of the reasons too, is because you guys just could see through the research that this was a huge need? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, uh, that study you're quoting is like, it kind of goes more like this. Okay. Researchers ask happy couples about mm-hmm. what, if you were to like have a slice up your happiness in your marriage into pie slices, what percentage would you attribute to various things? And mm-hmm. people in happy marriages would say about 20% of the happiness of their marriage comes from the quality of their sex. Mm, okay. And then they ask the same sorts of questions to unhappy couples. What aspects of your marriage or do you attribute to the unhappiness of your marriage? Mm -hmm. And interestingly, sex is 70% of the unhappiness. Mm -hmm. So when marriage is great, sex makes up about 20% of your happiness. But when sex is bad, it makes about 70% of your unhappiness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That goes to tell me sex is really more of a thrive thing than a uh, survive thing for healthy marriages. So mm. great sex life helps you really thrive as a couple mm. when you're not having that you feel really limited if you don't feel like you can really thrive in this relationship. So it does cause a lot of problems in relationships, but sex is also a great opportunity for couples to really grow together because no two people are going to share the exact same preferences, the exact same level of desire, the exact same, uh, uh, ideas for intimacy as a whole. So it really forces you to kind of grow and it takes you from becoming a you versus a me and forging a new we. And that's kind of the, as, and that's why you hear about uh, couples that have been married a really long time, like 30, 40 years, 50 years Mm -hmm. have there's this quality of sex they enjoy is so much better than a newlywed in their twenties, even though their bodies may not function the same, it's the amount of heart you can bring to that relationship Mm -hmm. and the amount of intimacy and closeness that you have from Mm -hmm. all those years together, growing together Mm -hmm. actually makes sex that much better. 
Mm, that makes so much sense. And I have been sharing that part with my audience just to, you know, encourage the youngest couples or the newest couples, even if they're older to, to understand that with time comes so much more. And I love that you guys had that. And I love that it started for you at the 13 year mark versus year five or two. If some of our couples are like, why haven't we hit that? Um, it may take time, but with your app, I am excited to share with them that they can get started on this a lot sooner. Now, I also want to ask, do you have any specific tips for couples that just in general, you might say, Hey, these are some things to try. You already said one thing, sevens, and I know nines love games. And there are a few nines who say, no, 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 because that brings up my competition, but many sevens and nines love games. But what tips in general do you have for couples who are looking to just bring more intimacy together sexually? I can think of several. Okay. Uh, one thing is uh, the value of being really good friends first. And mm-hmm. that's probably not something you're going to read in a Cosmo magazine or something like that. Mm-hmm. But really, would you rather have be making love with someone who you know has your back, really knows you really well, loves you thoroughly, can look into your eyes and just and see all the goodness that you bring? Mm-hmm. Or someone that has mastered all the techniques and knows like the exact move to make at the right angle, at the right timing, like Mm -hmm. what would yield a better experience long-term? Of course, you'd rather, I think Mm -hmm. the the former, right? So technique can come later and that can always be learned, but it really is more of a matter of the heart of what you're bringing to your marriage. I believe the very best sex, like the highest pinnacle is really intimate sex. And you can master all the techniques and whatever, and try all these moves and positions and locations and novel things. But really, it really is a matter of the heart of who you are and what you're bringing to the relationship, I think kind of adds more depth and meaning to every encounter. Mm, That's really important. I'm really glad you're sharing that because I think that a lot of people feel like that's scary for them to get that close and intimate together in the bedroom. People are familiar with turn the lights out. Recently, psychology today had the study that 80% are engaging in rough sex. And it doesn't mean people can't be playful. It's just, I think people don't know that it goes so far beyond the animal instincts when you really start to connect soul to soul. Yeah. There's, there's definitely some room for playfulness, but I think that comes second. I think that relationship and closeness comes first. I think that that term leaves a lot of room for um, even just right there between couples where they were putting choking in on that. Um, mm-hmm. And so <laughs> that was obviously not a good thing, um, but I think like, <laughs> let's course. not kill each other. <laughs> so uh-huh. um, I think that that's so important to be like, okay, how can we love each other while yeah, we're yeah. bonding? So I love that tip that you're just mm-hmm. reminding people to be intimate. Yes. Uh, a lot of, a lot about building a great sex life is learning how to talk about your sexual relationship. It's a lot easier to have sex than to ask your spouse the question, what is it really like to have sex with me and to be intimate with me? What's your experience? Like what's, what's, uh, in what ways do I pressure you in ways you don't like it? What, what things do I do that you do like, or, um, is it the way what ways do I initiate that really turn you off? Like having open conversations to be really with, and you got to set your egos aside because sometimes your spouse doesn't want to hurt your egos. They're not going to tell you the truth. 
And that doesn't help anyone. Yeah. So if you can really set your egos aside and have those conversations Mm -hmm. and sometimes you'll discover new things. Like I read about 80% of women really like to be pursued sexually. That's just ideas a little bit by dominate. I don't mean anything violent, but I, but I mean, it's, they want to be wooed. They want to be pursued. Like Mm -hmm. that is very erotic to them Mm -hmm. and being able to open up and have that conversation. If, Mm -hmm. If you're that woman, tell your husband, like, I actually want you to like, you know, Mm -hmm. be a little more dominant in our Mm -hmm. sexual play. Mm -hmm. And he's normally not dominant. Then you'd be able to have that conversation and say, it would make sex better for me if you're more dominant sometimes Mm -hmm. and explain kind of what that means. And and, uh, it might feel awkward for him at first, but go for it because it'd be Mm -hmm. a great loving gift you can give your wife in that case by, by trying to be a little better in in those ways, but that's not going to happen unless you have those conversations first. I love that. You mentioned that, that couples and, you know, people don't always feel the same, like sevens don't always feel this way. Twos don't always feel this way. Threes people have their own unique imprints and stories about what they want in the bedroom. So I like that you are reminding us, well, there are some stats that women like to be led and, um, not all, but sometimes men don't know that. And other men say, well, what I like is this. And so I think men need to speak up. Women need to speak up and they have to find ways to compromise in the bedroom too, because sometimes it's even part of their values where they say, this is crossing a value point for me. And, and I'm not comfortable. And I, I'm, especially as a woman knowing our past with rape culture, I'm like, so empowering women to say, Hey, this is so important that you speak up if you're not comfortable, but I like how you can bring in the other side, which is a lot of women want to be led. So make sure you tell your husband if that's you. Right. Yeah. One last thought on being led. Like my wife really likes it when I look at her mm-hmm. at, in the evening mm-hmm. and say, Mrs. Purcell, it's time. It's time for me to put you to bed. Like, Aww. you know, she loves that. Like it's, it's a little bit playful. There's a little bit of like dominance in that. Cause I don't call her Mrs. Purcell in any other case, but she knows what's going on. Right. It's, it's a playful thing that we cute. enjoy that that's come from our conversations and our experience. Oh, that's so cute. And it just makes me feel the love of a nine, you know, being uh-huh. like, so like, Ooh, you see me and you're the, <laughs> I love that. Oh my right. gosh. You guys are so cute. So as we're just finally getting a chance to, you know, we like to cover this topic every now and again, cause it's such a biggie in marriage. Um, a lot of couples don't have the same libido. And you mentioned that briefly, even about you and your wife, can you give us a tip for couples where that's a little bit different? Sure. Every marriage you're going to have will have a different uh, libido level. There will always be a higher desire spouse for sex and a lower desire spouse for sex, just as you have a higher desire spouse for spending than the other or saving than the other or cleanliness or how you deal with the in-laws or involvement in parenting. Like there's always going to be differences in levels Mm -hmm. and that's not a problem. Mm -hmm. It's only a problem if you turn it into a problem. So a lot of couples sometimes when there's a, a desire level discrepancy with when it comes to sex, we'll try to control and manipulate the other spouse to getting what they want. Mm-hmm. And when they do that too long, it turns into a, a marriage relationship where sex is no longer about connection and pleasure, but more about filling one's ego or trying to control the other person so that you feel better about yourself kind of a situation. Oh, that's huge. 
And so it's no longer about connection and pleasure. It's about, am I getting my point across? Am I getting my needs met or whatever? In fact, when you make sex feel like a need or you communicate with your spouse that this is a need, it puts it in a duty frame, which also is not about connection and pleasure anymore. It's now about another obligation, another thing to check off the list, another chore to do. And that doesn't help you build a more intimate relationship either. So it takes a lot of courage if that's kind of the the rut you've made in your marriage over the years, Mm -hmm. if sex feels more like a duty Mm -hmm. or it feels like you're receiving crumbs when you keep asking and asking, it could be time to make a really hard look at yourself and how you're showing up in the relationship. When, when you get turned down, are you grumpy? Do you withdraw? Like, cause that reinforces that cycle of like, this is, this is about me and, and a need rather than something about something to thrive together with it's about connection and pleasure. That makes so much sense. And I think a lot of wheels are turning as people are digesting that that's going to take some digestion for a lot of people. So if you're an instinctual type, who's done that, or if you are, um, yeah, I could see this happening with so many different types to say I'm overworked or I'm exhausted or I give all the time. And, and maybe like you said, just, I need, I need, I need. And now their spouse is like, Oh, I'm so turned off now. Uh huh. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's really important. I think it's really good when you can re- recognize what you have control over and what you don't have control over in your relationship. Mm. Sometimes we want to, like, if you're the anxious type, mm-hmm. you want to calm your spouse down mm-hmm. so that you can feel calm. But what you're really trying to do is control another person so that you feel more in control of yourself. Mm-hmm. And you might do that in various ways. You might do it by shouting, by getting angry. You might do it by giving in. You might be doing it by trying to withdraw and punish so that they would maybe get a hint and change so that you feel better about yourself. Like there's a lot of these tactics we, we often do, but they're losing strategies because in the short term, you think they're going to work, but over the long term, they're not going to help that marriage become really intimate and close where you can feel like you're really best friends and you're really on the same page with each other. Mm-hmm. So part of it is recognizing what I do have control over. And if you're the anxious type, instead of trying to control your spouse to control your anxiety, see if you can learn how to better manage your own anxiety better by mm-hmm. there's lots of strategies for that exercise, deep breathing, meditation, journaling, um, mm-hmm. Uh, learning how to sit with your urges and your feelings without acting on it. They call it willingness. There's, there's lots of different strategies you can do. And those skills can actually help you become a more lovable person. Mm-hmm. And people who really grow in that area end up finding that they become more attractive to their spouse. They become more desirable to their spouse because they're a stronger person and people are attracted to strength. So wow. I think that's, you can, that's another thing that I hope couples realize as they work on their marriages that they can do a lot more good to improve the quality of things in the bedroom and out of the bedroom by becoming a stronger person themselves, by learning how to manage and control themselves better instead of trying to control other people to control themselves. Mm, Yeah. You really hit the nail on the head. That's 
so important to understand how you work so that you bring a much better version to the table than like, <laughs> love me, even though I'm a terrible person. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> right. yeah, you're lovable because you're a child of God, but you also want to put something kind out there. <laughs> so uh-huh. that's a really important point that I've certainly had to use over the years from 20 years into marriage from the beginning. I kind of laugh like, Krista, what were you giving at the beginning? So there was enthusiasm, but maybe not always the kindness that went with it. And sometimes when we're younger, we're a lot more impatient or there are people who have not been doing their work and they're hitting this podcast later. And I want to encourage you to start wherever you're at, because you can make a difference even right now, even if you're like, ah, I'm divorced or we're in a bad place. We're in the shadows. So make sure you take this info in. Um, now, if you're at the beginning of the relationship and you're not even sure about anatomy or down the road, and you don't know much about anatomy, do you have that kind of information on your app too? So people can understand just even how sex practically works. Yes, absolutely. And this is one thing I wish I had a better education on uh, going into my marriage is really how the anatomy works. Mm. Uh, So there's a whole section on anatomy, male and female anatomy, but really, for instance, some, some tips that really helped me in my marriage that I wish I knew earlier were on average, it takes a man that studies say about six minutes from start to finish before they orgasm. Mm-hmm. And in general for women, it takes two and a half times that. So like 20 plus minutes mm-hmm. for that to happen. Mm-hmm. So if you expect your spouse to, your, you know, uh, for a husband and wife to work together, you need to uh, go into that understanding that it it's just a fact of nature. There's not a defect or any, it's just the way God's designed things to be. She's going to take a little more stimulation, a little more time for her to get to for her to get there. So couples can then design and like plan and work together as an intimate team, how to make sex better for both couples by understanding a few like basic facts like that. Another fact that I wish I understood better was the, just anatomically speaking, the, the, or physio, philo, physiologically speaking, this, the pleasure center for a female is her clitoris, not her vagina. Like a lot of men, kind of go into marriage thinking, uh, if my sec- my pleasure center is my penis and her equivalent is a vagina, then it must feel really good for her if for, uh, for my penis to be in her vagina. Cause that's kind of the picture they're taught or that's kind of what they think, which is true for many marriages, but for 70% of women, they need clitoral stimulation too, in order to, to have, have a pleasure in that sexual act. So understanding how important clitoral stimulation is and how to do that and how to do it well is really a team sport and working together, mm-hmm. but it's also understanding the anatomy too. And, and that's, that's discussed in the app too. Wow. That is going to be, I mean, maybe even people listening now are just taking that in. And I know a lot of people are saying, gosh, I wish I had had that too at the beginning, but either way they're going to get it now. So that's so cool. So yeah, those are beautiful tips. What do you think people should know about your app? Because I think your app is so creative as a seven. I'm just so happy to see a seven creating an app because I don't have the tech experience to do that, but you do. And it's like the coolest thing to see all the different nooks and crannies and Wes and I haven't even had that much time to explore it yet. So I'd love to hear more about it and how couples can use your app intimately us. Yes. Okay. I think the best thing that app provides is 
any marriage needs some novelty for it to last a really long time. If you plan to be married to your spouse a long time, like as our brains, just the way humans are, we like new clothes, new hairstyles. Sometimes we'll even quit our job because we're bored with the old one and we want a new job. So, or like we get bored of our house. So we sell it and buy a new house or new cars, right? We like new, new things. Mm-hmm. And you got to keep your sexual relationship also new and fresh as well. So if anything, the app is a springboard to help you and your spouse discover newness within your sexual relationship already. And it can provide lots of ideas, different things to try. Uh, there's quizzes you can both answer like uh, yes, no, maybe on various things. I think there's like 200 questions mm-hmm. and see where you line up. Mm-hmm. And it's intended to be a conversation starter. There's also fun things in there. Like uh, we have this feature we call conquests. It's basically a very, it's a private map and you can drop a pin on, on the world, all the places where you and your spouse have done it, where you want to do it. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Conquer the world that way. Uh, <laughs> there's an intimacy calendar that's private just between you and your spouse. So you can mm. use to track when you've been intimate or your date nights that you've been on or other special occasions. You can like mark those things. Wow. But I think my favorite part of the whole app is on the main home screen. Every day, it gives you a daily intimacy challenge. I love that. I've been enjoying that. And the purpose is each challenge takes about five minutes or less. And Mm -hmm. it's really intended to make you think about what can I do today to strengthen my relationship today? Because I believe strong relationships are not strengthened from occasional grandiose, you know, overtures of love. It's in the microscopic daily little tiny acts that you do over and over and over again, consistently that really Mm -hmm. build a strong relationship. So if anything, Mm -hmm. if that's the only benefit you get from the app, and it's free. I hope it's that habit of what can I do today to strengthen my relationship? And it gives you hundreds, hundreds of ideas on how to do that. Oh, I'm just on the first few, but already I love the one about leaning behind and coming up for cheek to cheek. Uh Um, So I, my husband did that for me this morning and I was so touched by it and it just really shaped the day. So he's (laughs) just getting just started on it. I'm just a few days ahead, but I love how you can connect the phones. I also love that it is a friendly app that isn't lewd so that we have teenagers and a nine-year-old boy that if they're on our phones, they're not going to get that far with anything detrimental. And, you know, we keep privacy settings, but it's also important to note that I think it's really neat in that way too. For me, I probably wouldn't have downloaded it if I thought, oh man, if my kids find this, we're all in trouble. But you can also password protect the app. There's a feature in there. Oh. Under your account, you can, so like you can create your own pin or face ID or a thumbprint also, if you want to. So and protect it. Right. Uh (laughs) We have kids too. So that was an absolute must feature for us. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm so happy to hear that. And aside from that though, I also just loved that it wasn't, you know, you didn't get on and find nudity, you know, it was, it's, it's nice to see that because that's so unusual. Yeah. Yep. Wow. So this is an app that has different levels and you really have something there when you've obviously researched John Gottman and knowing these little nuances and these turning towards behaviors are what makes a marriage great. So thank you so much for you and Emily, just helping couples in this way. Thank you. Thank you. Do you have anything else you want to share about the app? 
There's a companion app to the Intimately Us app called Just Between Us. It is technically a separate app you can install, but you can link the two. And it's a chat app for couples. And unlike any other chat app uh, where like, like Messenger from Facebook or WhatsApp or others, you can message. It's a platform you can message other people. Like on text message, you can message anyone. Just Between Us, though, is only between you and your spouse only. So you can't like message someone else by accident because it only lets you pair it with one other person. Oh, that's nice. And then all the communication between you two is double encrypted. So uh, you can share images, videos, texts, and other things. And we kind of make it flirty and fun, like certain emojis change the change the design of the chat. So like there's a lot of little hidden Easter eggs and kind of fun things you can do. There's conversation starters. One kind of cute feature we included is called thumb kisses when you're Mm -hmm. apart, but you're both on at the same time. Uh You can put your thumb on the screen and your spouse can put their thumb on the screen. And if you line up and touch the same part of the screen at the same time, both phones will vibrate. No way. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of a fun feature. (laughs) That is so seven fun. Like, oh my gosh, (laughs) that's hilarious. That is the best. Wow. This is so creative. That's so cool. So how can everybody find you guys? The best place is getyourmarriageon.com. That's where we have links to download our apps. And, but really what I care the most about is what can we do to strengthen marriages intimately? And that's mm-hmm. kind of the heart of it. I, I, I do this because I, I think about every couple that's using it. And I think about them, like, let's, let's, what can we offer that's helpful and in line with good, wholesome values that will help strengthen relationships, but also make it, make intimacy easier and fun. So mm. that's what I care a lot about. So from that, there's a podcast with some more additional helpful information that we've done that you've been a guest on yeah. and a number of other things that we offer as well. We do a, we do a couple's retreats. We have a men's course that I teach and just other resources too, that we, we can offer to help couples strengthen their relationship intimately. That is such a blessing. I'm so grateful. And I, I know that many listeners will be checking the app out, especially hearing there's a free element that is just, it's like, why not? And I love that I have freebies and things for people to go to with words, but this is a new element. That's like, like we have talked a lot about on this podcast. Sometimes people don't even want to use my freebie to say, Hey, like, let's have this conversation. Your app actually allows that they could have the conversation across the app, which is neat too. So tell us how, instead of using something like my freebie to have the conversation at the breakfast table in broad daylight, how people might be able to, who are a little on the shy side, talk across the app. So, uh, the, one thing that's cool about the app is you can sync with your spouse and you kind of alluded to that earlier, but yeah. you download the app he or She downloads the app. There's a code you share, and then now you're synced. So pop in the question and they'll see it and they can answer. There's lots of activities and, and games you can kind of play offline as well, like asynchronously. So you do a little part and then they can do a little part. And so that's kind of how you can like kind of build that way. If you add an item to the calendar, your spouse can comment on it. So you can have a little chat thread about, about that memory that you've had or, or something coming up. So that's kind of helps with a more shy couple or a busy couple that wants mm-hmm. to kind of stay connected in that way or keep, keep uh, growing intimately mm-hmm. when their schedules don't allow them to always like 
you know, be at the same breakfast table together. Like, mm-hmm. like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. I love that. And maybe there are six children around the breakfast table. So <laughs> yeah. that's another reason. So, oh my gosh. Well, thank you. That is so encouraging. And I think we've lost our audience now. I can hear a pin drop because they're all going to get your app. So <laughs> thanks. <laughs> so I'm so happy. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, Dan. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye. Okay, I'm so glad we got to learn from Dan what a privilege it is to get to talk with people who care that deeply about marriage and come from such an innocent place of truly just stumbling upon not knowing that they could enjoy marriage at levels of sexuality and being able to say, you know what, like this is something we've been missing out on and we're going to also help other couples. So I'm really grateful for just taking that brave step. I don't know if some of you know this, but I almost ended up doing an intimacy account instead of an Enneagram and marriage account back when Wes and I were really plotting and planning my niche. And of course, Enneagram went out by far because that was what I was known for in the community. And I'm so glad it wasn't the other. But I love that this is Dan's niche. So make sure you follow him at Get Your Marriage On at Instagram. Everything of his is in the show notes. And of course, I'd love for you to check out their Intimately Us app because it's, yeah, It's right there for you guys to be able to communicate and it's not going to be for everybody. So don't feel bad if your spouse says that's not going to be for me and you guys have to find what works for you guys. No stress about that. Life is already hard enough. Just take a nice deep breath and a pause with me and I'll see you next week.